Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey guys, this is Russ and this is the Overlooked Podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I originally started off researching one particular case, uh, but as you'll see, uh, this case kind of goes into a rabbit hole and we're going to talk about more than one individual on today's episode. So today we're looking into the disappearance of Joanna Wright. Joanna is an African-American female who went missing on December 18th, 2016. She was last seen in the Marquette Park neighborhood of Chicago. She was reported missing by her girlfriend as it was uncommon for them to go long periods of time without communicating to each other. Joanna was working as a hairstylist at the time of her disappearance, and she was known as being very active in the LGBT community in Chicago. She had grown up in the Marquette Park area, and she was well known. Everybody pretty much reported that she was friendly and caring. She was completely unproblematic. So when she first went missing, it seems like her missing person case was just reported as a regular missing persons case. Um, Family and friends had not heard from her. And so they filed this missing persons report. Uh, But what we find out is that police had already received a call about an abduction. Later, the police were able to tie this abduction to the disappearance of Joanna. From what we are, what we know, the witness um, basically states that she saw Joanna being abducted about three to four unidentified men. The witness said it happened so fast that they couldn't be sure how many people in, were involved, but they believe it was about three to four. From what we know, Joanna screamed for help and tried to fight the men off, but the men overpowered her and forced her into a blue Mazda with Ohio license plate. And then the car pretty much sped off. Joanna has not been seen or heard from since. So far, there has been no arrests in relation to her case, and it's still considered an ongoing investigation. Now, when this initially happened, uh, her girlfriend, Sierra Mobley, stated to reporters, God is the one to have the last say, no matter what they could be doing to her. If he's not ready for her to come home, he won't send for her. But I still have hope. Her sister told reporters around the same time, we wouldn't wish this on anyone. This is the worst thing. You wonder with the time passing, what have they done? Has she eaten? Is she clean? How's her mindset? Is she staying strong? Is she praying to come home? It's a not knowing anything that hurts. 
So what we know in this case is that the car Joanna was thrown into um, during her kidnapping was reported to be a newer model, blue Mazda with Ohio license plates. Again, keep in mind this happened in 2016 when we're saying newer model. Um, police have said they obtained some type of surveillance video uh, that they believe will be helpful in the investigation, but we don't really know what is on that video. Um, we do know that from that video, they were able to determine that the person being kidnapped was Joanna. So it looks like we at least know she's on that video. Um, but the police really haven't released to the public what's on there, uh, why they stated it was related and how that's helping in the case. Uh, one thing I found kind of suspicious is that we got no information about what the suspects look like. Uh, we know there was three to four men, but I think it's kind of weird that no information was released. Like they were tall, they were white, they were brown, they had blonde hair, they had dreads. Nothing of the sort was released at all. Um, and I know that this happened kind of fast and when something this dramatic and traumatic happens fast sometimes it could take our brains a second to process um and when things like that happen that you're not expecting you you're not thinking about focusing on the details you're kind of panicked like oh my gosh what is this thing happening so it could just be that the witness didn't pay close enough attention she saw a girl yelling from help she saw men pushing her into a car and that's all we can get luckily she was able or he we have no idea if the witness is a male or female but they were able to tell us that it was a Ohio license plate what color the car was and what make the car was and that's pretty good information to have um now this might be information that the police know in regards to the features of the three to four men um but I think it's kind of weird that this was not released to the public, especially since this was an abduction. Um, there's a video that we can pretty much come to the conclusion that they see some part of the abduction on. Um, and any other time the police release that type of information to help uh, get tips in. Um, we And also, we don't know if the license plate... Uh, had numbers or letters that they were able to determine. Um, it, again, it looks like they were able to determine it was Ohio license plate. Um, and so maybe they did it because I would like to believe if they had a license plate number that they would release that. Because in other cases, um, especially of abduction, kidnapping, they release that information. When we get our Amber Alerts, uh, <laughs> they tell us, hey, this color car, um, this is what the person looks like. This is what we think the suspect looks like. And this is a license plate number. And I know Amber Alerts are for children, but I'm saying that to say it's not abnormal for the police to release that information. So I think it's kind of weird that they didn't release it in this case, um, which I'm hoping the reason they didn't is because they didn't have that information and not because of simply dropping the ball. Um, now, another thing that could have totally happened is that 
they located the person that was connected to the license plate and found out that their card was stolen, uh, was already reported stolen, or that this was a fake license plate, um, that this was a rented car that was rented with cash and we have no idea who the people were that rented it. Uh, because, yeah, when you go to Hertz and you go to these different um, auto rental places, yes, they require ID and so forth. Uh, but me, myself, personally, I have come across places that are just like, yeah, if you got the cash, that's fine. You don't have a credit card, you can pay the cash. Uh, and have not asked for ID. Those are a little shiftier places. Um, but that also is totally possible. Um, again, we we really don't have a lot of details in regards to the people, in regards to what's on the surveillance at all. Um, and we don't even know if anything came out of knowing what color and make the car was, knowing that the car had Ohio license plate, knowing that there's surveillance. We have no information at all from the police, if anything came from those tips. Now, it does seem that investigators attempted to locate Joanna by tracking her phone, um, but all we know is that they weren't able to retrieve any information that way. Uh, We don't know really if it's because her phone was turned off, if it was disconnected from the network or anything like that. Uh, The police simply stated that they tried it and it did not work. Now, as I said in the beginning, I originally started looking into Joanna's case solely for this week's episode. Um, But as I was researching, um, I stumbled upon a web of like further tragedy. So a little less than a year after Joanna went missing on October 9th, 2017, Joanna had a friend named Marlo Gully who disappeared. Marlo was about 26 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was last seen located on the same street that Joanna was kidnapped from. Marlo was first noted as missing by his girlfriend who was pregnant with his child at the time. Uh, She became worried after he failed to show up to their sonogram appointment. She reached out to his mother and family. and it seems like they try to call him a couple of times. And at first they were like, oh, it's OK. He's going to get back to us. You know, it's fine. It's, you know, let's give him time. Um, his mother reported that she last heard from him on October 8th. And his girlfriend reported last seeing him on October 9th. But after a few days, he was a returning calls. No one had received them. They decided to file a missing persons report. Now, detectives have stated that they've talked to a couple of different people on the street, um, but no sufficient tips have surfaced. They did do a search um, of the area and other areas, but no clues came up and he still remains a missing person today. Now, Marlo is described as funny and a jokester by his mother. She states that their family was really close-knit, and there's no way that he would have gone this long without contacting them by choice. At the time of his disappearance, he was a father to a four-year-old boy and was expecting one on the way. And everybody described him as being a great father who was actually really excited for the birth of his second child. Now, unfortunately, his case has very few details. Uh, Again, most of the articles were written in the same week, and they pretty much just repeat 
the same information. Now, even further down the rabbit hole, we find out that a friend or associate, depending on which article you read, of Joanna and Marlo was Shante Bohannon. Now, Shante Bohannon disappeared from this same area, same neighborhood in July 2016. This was a few months before Joanna and about a year before Marlo. Her parents had filed a missing persons report when uh, they found out she had failed to show up to work and then she never came home. Unfortunately, Shantae's body was found a few days later in an abandoned garage. Police had initially received a tip from a resident about a possible body being in his garage. Uh, essentially, he said that he heard some commotion outside his house. And originally he was like, you know, that's none of my business. Um, and he ignored it. But his dog became erratic and started barking very, very loudly and would not stop. So he eventually went outside to his garage, uh, which he stated that he didn't really use at all anymore. Um, and he thought he saw a body. So called the police. The police came. They searched the premise and they found Shante's body in a garbage can. An autopsy was done to determine her cause of death as there appeared to be no obvious signs. However, her autopsy came back inconclusive and a cause of death could not be determined. Now, oddly enough, the house in which Shante was last seen was actually very, very close to where Marlo was last seen and was the same on the same street Joanna had been kidnapped from. Shante Bohannon was only 20 years old at the time of her death. Now, this web goes even further. So, 11 days before Shante was murdered, on July 13, 2016, Kishan Ward was tragically murdered in Marquette Park, the same area all the others would, e would be last seen. 11 days before Shante's body was discovered, she actually witnessed Kishan, uh, who was stated to be her boyfriend in um, some articles and other articles they keep referring to him as her friend. Uh, so we're not 100% sure on that. But according to ABC 7 Chicago, her family speculated that her witnessing this may have played a part in her death. Now, Kishan's case is still unsolved to this day. Um, but there were a couple witnesses there. He was shot in broad daylight. But while we're talking about witnesses, it is important to mention that all three of the others we mentioned in this episode were also there on the scene when Kishan was shot. All four victims knew each other. All of them went missing or perished within less than two years. And even with all of that, none of these cases seemed to make major news throughout Chicago. There was a couple articles. There's a couple short clips on the news. But there really wasn't a lot of follow-up. You see reports and articles around the time that they died. And then you see nothing at all after. 
Now, we start seeing articles pop up again in 2017. Uh, That's when Marla went missing. And it seems to be because people started connecting all four of these either disappearances or deaths together because they knew each other. And three out of four went missing from the same area or were last seen in that particular area. And what seems to happen is that really the community, of course, recognized that there were some connections first. Community activists in the area um, started saying, you know, we believe all these cases are connected. All the cases happened, whether it was homicide or disappearance, pretty much on the same street. With Rashawn's case being the only one that did not happen on the same street, but it was very close by. And again, despite all of that, all these cases seemed to fade away in the news. Uh, We really didn't get any updates from the media or from the police. Even as residents of Marquette Park remained fearful that there was a violent or violent offenders on the loose in their community. And they were given no information and were just kind of left to fend for themselves if anything else happened. Now, I do need to mention it has never been officially confirmed that these cases are related to one another, but police have said that they do know there are possible links and those possible links are being investigated. Each case still remains open to this day. Now, it does seem like at least until 2017 that um, the police were actively working on their cases. Uh, There was a lieutenant on Case Files Chicago um, in the episode about all of these cases um, that noted that he was in contact with families. Uh, He made a couple comments about texting the families and, you know, still being in communication with them. Uh, But the police have been really tight lipped about all of these cases. Um, There's not a lot that's been released to the public other than information that was release initially. Now, in 2017, there was a duffel bag found in Lincoln Park uh, with human remains of a female. A fisherman had been out there and reported finding the remains in a duffel bag in the lagoon waters in October of 2017. Police immediately sent out divers and detectives and they actually found another duffel bag with remains nearby. Um, A crisis reporter um, who was working um, somewhat, it seems, with Joanna Wright's case immediately went down there um, and she just went down there because she wanted to see if it was one of two people uh, whose cases it seemed like she was working on, um, if these remains could be theirs and wanted to make sure, hey, there's these two people missing from this particular area. Please keep them in mind when you guys go in and take these into the lab and trying to determine who this was. Um, What we did end up finding out is that the remains were not of Joanna Wright. Um, This actually ended up being um, an older white woman uh, who we later found out was killed by her son. Now, I brought that up to say that it it did seem like it, it was people on the police team who 
did not immediately drop the case. They still had it in their mind. There was something that they were still working on, uh, even though it wasn't being reported to the media. And some of that really could have just been because the media simply didn't care to keep following up. Um, Unfortunately, when we're talking about Chicago, they are not lacking for news. They're seems to always be a case a new case to cover and to talk about and unfortunately when you have an environment like that older cases that aren't solved uh, they can be kind of forgotten about at least in the media so it doesn't necessarily mean that the police dropped the ball and just stopped working on the case um they could very well be still working very actively on this case. We just don't know about it. The media just is not reporting on it. Now, I do believe these cases are related. Uh, I'm just not sure exactly how. Yes, they were all witnesses to Keyshawn's death. But from my understanding, there were a few other people there as well. And as far as we know, those people weren't killed. Those people are still alive and well now also we one thing we have to keep in mind is that marlo disappeared almost a whole year after everybody else when you google this and you look on like different crime junkie type pages and different uh like reddit type areas uh you will see that there are people that are commenting about possible gang involvement or some type of illegal underground activity that maybe they were all a part of something illegal and dangerous and they knew too much um but honestly there's no evidence of that um one i really feel like the I feel like that would have been reported. I feel like that's something that would have been released in articles um, because let's just be honest, the news has a bias against people of color. Um, Even in the last episode that I did about Alyssa McLemore, when she went missing, by the way, she's, she, she was a single mom. By the way, she has this record. They they put those negative things in because uh, let's just be honest, there's a bias and they like to do that. Um, so I, I fully believe that if they had any known gang uh, affiliations or any illegal underground activity that uh, police knew about, I believe police would have told reporters and I believe we would have already known about that i believe that would have definitely circulated already um honestly what i think happened is that people on these crime junkie pages see the word chicago see the word south side and then just immediately ran to that conclusion um truth of the matter is police have kept things kind of close to their chest um there are no media updates there are no police statements to the public after 2017 about any of these cases. Um, again, some people worry because Chicago has a high crime rate, especially the South side, that these cases may have been forgotten about by now in 2021. But um, that's not something I can say with certainty. Um, again, even with cases like, for example, the Golden State Killer, he was recently found, uh, tried and convicted. And that was something that happened decades ago. Um, 
And I'm sure many people thought like, hey, yeah, that's something they're not like actively working on. I'm sure every time like a Netflix movie comes out, they release a little statement and they're not actively working on it. But what we found out is that they were. This was a case they had been actively working on for years. They just kept information to themselves. So I'm hoping that is what's going on here. Um, Again, in that uh, case files episode, um, the lieutenant did come forward. The lieutenant did say he was talking to parents and so forth. Um, The family didn't mention anything about that, but also they weren't really asked questions in which uh, led to them to even bring up that conversation. Um, I am hoping that we find Marlo Gully and Joanna Wright, who are both still missing. Um, And I also hope we find out if any of these cases are directly related to each other. Um, For all we know, Shantae and Rashawn's case can be related to each other. Um, That seems to have a very strong correlation. But the other two disappearances, they, they were a little bit different. One they're still missing. We, 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 they are still actively missing. And Shantae's case and Rashawn's case, uh, we, we, there were bodies. We found bodies, um, and both were done very, in a very sloppy way. Rashawn was murdered in, in broad daylight. Shantae's body was discarded in a careless manner on someone's property. Um, with the disappearances, you know, we have no, we have no clues except for in Joanna's case where there was a witness who saw something, um, there, there was a surveillance, but like after that, we, we find nothing. Um, we find no trail after that last time that they were seen. Whereas, um, in the case of Shante and Rashawn, again it was sloppy bodies were found um and again it it wasn't done in a professional way um joanna's rights abduction came off very professional it came off very professional. they had three people they had i mean they were able to get away because we still don't know who they are even with the car scene even with we know how many people there were we know that the car had an ohio license plate um, and unfortunately in Marlo's case, we, we don't know anything. We, we, we really don't know anything. We just know where he was last saw. And that's literally all we have on that case. Um, yeah, again, we're hoping that Joanna is still alive and Marlo is still alive and that they hopefully get to come home to their family. Um, I, I do believe that if the police had strong evidence that these cases were related, we would get a comment saying directly that they are strongly related. I do believe the police believe they are related, but they don't have anything that's concrete that they can release where they can feel comfortable releasing it. Um, there, yeah, there, that general idea again is that these are related cases, but we really have no evidence of that, um, other than, you know, 
coincidental circumstances and things like they were all friends or associates. Um, but we also have to keep in mind that could just be geographical probability. Uh, they all were from this area. They all were from that neighborhood. They all grew up in that neighborhood. Um, so they were already, if you were in that area, it seemed like you would already know, you would know everybody. You know, you would know each other. There's a high chance that you're going to know each other. Um, also, three out of the four were last spotted on the same street. How do we not know that it's that that particular street just was being targeted? Um, so that's something that I think we need to keep in mind. Uh, I do personally believe that all the cases are related. Uh, I definitely believe the cases are related or at least two on two were related. Uh, Rashawn and um, Shante's case was related and Joanna and Marlo's case was related. I do think there are connections, but I wanted to throw those other facts out there because I think sometimes in certain cases, we kind of pigeonhole ourselves when we come to a conclusion before we have the evidence. Because when sometimes when you do that, um, especially the police, <laughs> there have been multiple cases where the police come to a conclusion without really the evidence. And because they're so focused and so sure on this one conclusion that's based on like coincidences and gut feelings, uh, they miss other tips inside things that if they weren't so focused on this one theory, they would have picked up on and we would know that, hey, actually, there, there's some other stuff going on that we need to focus on. Uh, we see this in cases where um, people who have been convicted and served years in jail and then are later proven innocent. We see that a lot of time in those cases that police departments just get so focused and fixated on one theory that they are blinded to all the other facts and all the other tips and all the other evidence. And they only focus on the things that fit their theory. So yes, I actually do believe these cases are related, but I did want to throw those other things out and kind of play devil's advocate because truth of the matter is we do not have hard concrete details that say that. And so I hope everybody remains open to other possibilities. Um, and I say that because also I think if we, um, kind of focus on this one theory, then there might be someone out there with some evidence or tips that they think, well, I don't need to tell anybody because it seems like they're all connected. And this little tip doesn't seem connected to that theory. Um, and, uh, that happens where because again there seems to be one theory that's mostly put out there people who saw a little bit of something and heard a little bit of something that was kind of weird they're kind of like yeah but you know what never mind because you know it seems to be everybody think this is what happened that's no way related to that um and what we want is for people to come forward again even if it's something small that you think is unimportant that you think is you know well the police have to know that uh, take a chance and leave a, a, a message on the tip line or talk to someone on the tip line because we have no idea what they know. We have no idea what the police know. They have not released a lot of information to us. I am wishing for peace, closure, finding and knowing for all families involved. As again, all four cases remained unsolved. Um, and I do believe there are people out there that know something. 
I do believe there are people out there that have tips that can help these families get closure, that can help bringing babies back home to their families. Um, and I, I hope that we're able to bring more media attention to these cases or more community attention to these cases so that um, we can get tips that can close these cases. Now, if you have any information that you even seem semi-related to any one of these cases, any one of these people, or maybe you just know something about that area in general and you're like, ah, well, this is some known stuff about this area. I don't know if they know. That counts as well. You can contact the Chicago Police Department at 312-747-8380. Or you can contact their tip line at 1-800-535-STOP. That's S-T-O-P, the word stop. And you can leave an anonymous tip uh, there. Um, I definitely understand why um, people would be hesitant to come forward in these cases, especially since it, it uh, there, there, there seems like, you know, being a witness, um, being someone that gives a tip was dangerous at that time. But um, we do have anonymous tip lines now. Um, you can literally go to a pay phone and call if you feel like, no, they might trace my number or, you know, I don't even know if pay phones still exist. Go to the dollar store and buy you a burner phone and call the number and then throw it in the seat for all I care. If you have information, though, I do ask that you come forward, uh, use the tip line uh, and uh, so we can get that information to detectives. Um, again, if you are driving, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast when they're driving um, and you feel like, hey, I got some information. Maybe I need to give it a call. Um, and you don't want to go all the way back through the end to listen and stop for the numbers. You can literally just type in in Google uh, Cook County Crime Stoppers dot org or you can just literally type in Chicago Crime Stoppers and it will be the first number that pops up. It will be the first site that pops up. Um, if you are actually interested in hearing more on these cases, um, Case File Chicago has an episode that's on YouTube. Um, it's titled Case File Chicago, Ken Ward, Shante Bohannon, Joanna Wright, and Marlo Gully. Um, in that episode, it's only about 30 minutes long. Um, they actually have one of the lieutenants that are working on these cases. He's on there. They're asking him questions and he's answering questions again, really not giving us information. We don't know, um, but he is on there. And then we also have family members that are interviewed on there. Um, so if you do want to find out more, you can definitely find that uh, Case File Chicago episode on YouTube. Now, as always, I ask that you guys be safe. I ask that you guys stay vigilant and I hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win.